You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, moving over from ScoreZag Score and taking over here at Locked On. I want to thank you all for making this podcast your first listen of the day. Whether you are a new listener to the show, new to my content specifically, or coming over from my previous show, just a reminder to please follow and subscribe to this podcast wherever you already get podcasts, and to look out for an upcoming YouTube channel, which will start in the next few weeks for those of you who are more visual, for those of you who use YouTube to listen to content, or for those of you who just want to see what kind of setup I have in my podcast studio. All right, today's episode is the eighth in our extensive player preview series, taking a brief but thorough look at every player on Gonzaga's roster and detailing their basketball history, a look at the best and worst case scenarios for them in the 2021-2022 season, and finally in the third segment, a closer look at their expected role and production this year. These episodes will air multiple times per week right up until Gonzaga's exhibition opener against Eastern Oregon on Halloween. If you missed any of the previous seven installments, check back in your feed. They started on October 5th. There's a whole bunch of them. We have covered more than half the roster at this point. Make sure you check in on every single one of them before the season starts so you are fully prepared for Gonzaga basketball. Today, we are talking uber-athletic freshman guard Hunter Salas. Let's get right into it. Salas committed to Gonzaga on March 26, 2021. At the time, he was the highest-rated recruit in school history. Now, this was not a very long tenure because, of course, Chet Holmgren committed to Gonzaga later. I believe he committed in April. It was kind of known for a long time that he was likely going to commit to Gonzaga. So while Salas held the record, took it from Jalen Suggs, who only had it for about a year himself, everybody kind of knew that Salas was not going to hold on to that record for very long. But still, there will always be a time in Gonzaga's history where Hunter Salas was the highest rated recruit in school history. That is pretty cool, regardless of how short that tenure was. Salas is also the first five-star prospect in Nebraska's state history, which is pretty cool. Kind of makes it not debatable. He's the greatest high school basketball player in state history, regardless of how other players may have turned out professionally. He was a McDonald's All-American. He averaged 22.2 points, 5.6 rebounds, and 3.8 assists. As a senior in high school, they won the state title. No surprise there. Turns out basketball is a talent sport. And when you have the most talented player in the state and maybe history of the state, you are likely going to win a lot of games. Salas is the next in a long line of guys who really proved that Gonzaga's recruiting is on an elite level. Obviously, Chet and Jalen are going to get the majority of the attention for being high school teammates, both being elite prospects, you know, both very likely to be players selected in the top five picks of the NBA draft. Jalen, of course, already was. Chet likely will be barring some kind of disastrous stint as a freshman for Gonzaga this season. But Salas is another guy who he chose Gonzaga over Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, UCLA, Oregon, Creighton, hometown, and Iowa State. Those were all schools that had offers out to him. Obviously, you talk about, you know, beating out a guy or beating out Kansas, Kentucky, and North Carolina for a guy. Clearly, this is not a school that's messing around. This is not a school that just happens to occasionally get good players. They are in the running for these types of guys all of the time going forward. Salas, the fact that he's not the greatest recruit in school history, the fact that he's not the greatest recruit in this class 
and he chose to come here over some of those legitimately traditional, long-standing blue blood programs is very, very indicative of where this program is currently. Salas is a freak athlete. We're going to talk a lot more about what he can and can't do on the basketball court in the second segment. But what he's already done in a Gonzaga uniform is blow the doors off the place at craziness in the kennel by flashing his elite athleticism. He won the dunk contest, a very competitive dunk contest, I might add, with Caden Perry and Julian Strother in the mix. Sal, he went viral. He was all over ESPN for some of the dunks that he threw down in this in this tournament game. It was unreal. He looked absolutely fantastic in the dunk contest. He looked good in the game too. Don't get me wrong. It's not that he's only an athlete, but he he really showed what he's capable of doing. And that's what made him such a high, a blue chip prospect, a high level recruit. Uh, He also, as of today, I'm recording this on Tuesday evening. He was named to the Jerry West award watch list for the best shooting guard in the country. I did not intentionally time that out perfectly, although it did work out quite well. Some people are speculating that him being the player named on the watch list is an indication that he's going to be the starter. Again, we'll talk about that more in the second segment. I've always believed that he's going to be the starter, but I'm also not going to judge who Paul's decision for the top 20 shooting guards in the country to put on a preseason watch list as any kind of indication that they have some level of knowledge from Mark Few or the staff on who's going to start. I promise you Mark Few is not divulging that information to people who make preseason award watch lists. I promise you he is not doing that. Anyway, that's a wrap on Hunter Salas is history, what got him here in a Gonzaga uniform, what he looked like in high school, what he looked like at craziness in the kennel. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to look at some of the best and worst case scenarios for Salas entering his freshman season. Before we get there, though, we're going to talk about today's sponsor, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this app, and I know that you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offer all the star players from not only the Power 5 schools, but from your favorite mid-major players as well, and I know that that is appealing for those Gonzaga fans out there. New users that deposit and use the promo code LOCKEDON will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. PrizePix allows mixed sport entries, so you can take the over on Chet Holmgren combined with the under on Patrick Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code Locked On, or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. All right. First segment, we talked to Hunter Salas. We talked about his history, how he did in high school, first five-star player in Nebraska State history, how he looked at craziness in the kennel. Now, here in the second segment, we're going to talk about his expected, or excuse me, we're going to talk about his best and worst case scenarios. We'll get to that expected role in the third segment. This is only the second guard that I have covered in this space besides Andrew Nempart. I guess Martinez Arlauskas is a guard as well, although I don't expect him to be in the rotation. And y'all, it's tough to know What's going to happen with this guard group? You know, we know Dominic Harris is out for six to 10 weeks with his injury, likely puts him at returning probably at the start of the 2022 calendar year, a.k.a. the start of conference play. So that kind of limits it a little bit. There's four guys competing for four spots, which makes it a little bit easier to know what's going to happen. I don't know exactly who all is going to play the, the starters minutes, the backup minutes, how that's going to shake out. 
which makes the best and worst case scenario, which again, if you have not listened to these episodes, if this is your first one, welcome. Check back in your feed for the other seven to get you fully caught up. But this is, we're talking the polls, the absolute best case scenario for a player and the absolute worst case scenario. For a lot of guys, particularly high level players like Drew Timmy and Andrew Nemhard, the best and worst case scenario are not that far apart. We know Drew Timmy is going to be good. We know Andrew Nembhard is going to be good. There are some little nuances to their games that could be better or could be worse, and that's kind of where the polls are. For a player like Hunter Salas, who is not only a true freshman, who we have yet to see in a competitive game outside of craziness and what he did in high school, the polls are huge. Again, not just because he's a freshman, but also because I don't really know exactly what his role is going to be. We've seen freshmen come in and dominate immediately like Jalen Suggs. We've seen guys like Dominic Harris who were relegated to the bench and did not play significant minutes. I don't expect that to be the case for, with Salas necessarily, but it's more difficult to kind of nail down with a true freshman like that. Okay, that's my first caveat. My second caveat is the one I do for every episode. Best cases within reason, worst cases without injury. I'm not going to sit here and tell you the worst case scenario is that Hunter Salas' body breaks down. You know that. I know that. It's not worth discussing. Hopefully it does not happen, but it's just it's, we're not going to use this space to talk about that. Best cases within reason. Everybody's best case is that they are the national player of the year, finals MVP, first pick in the draft. You know We're not going to discuss that unless those are realistic outcomes. For Hunter Salas, however... While National Player of the Year is probably outside of the scope, even in a truly best-case scenario, he was one of 20 players selected for the Jerry West Award for the best shooting guard in the country. The best-case scenario, he wins that award. Point blank. That is the best-case scenario for Hunter Salas. He is a preseason finalist for a reason. He is considered one of the best shooting guards in the country as a true freshman already. He is expected to be the starter in my mind and in a lot of other people's minds. Don't know if it's in Mark View's mind, but it's in our mind. And if that's the case, if he's a starter on the best team in the country, there's always a chance that you end up being the best player at your position. He's best case scenario is going on. He's all WCC, all American honorable mention or all American second team type of player that at the end of the year, he is headed to the NBA. There's no debate. There's no, oh, I wonder if he should come back. No, he is gone. And he's been every mock draft. He's one of the top 10 players chosen. That's the best case scenario for Hunter Salas. What that means, he doesn't get there unless he plays 30-ish minutes per night. Jalen Suggs played about 29 minutes per game last year, and it probably would have been more if he didn't frequently run into foul trouble because of his super aggressive nature. He also had some kind of injuries and bang-up stuff that caused him to miss parts of games. So I think you could probably safely say that Jalen Suggs would have, the intention for Mark View was to have him play about 30 minutes per night. Best case scenario for Hunter Salas, it's the same. He was about the same level recruit when he came in. He's super athletic, super bouncy. Best case scenario is he plays the same minutes that Jalen Suggs played last year. How this happens, what need what Hunter Salas needs to do to reach these best case scenarios. He is perhaps, just based on his athleticism alone, one of the greatest transition scorers in school history. And in the best case scenario, that is not debatable. At the end of the year, you're talking about him as a highlight waiting to happen. He's constantly out on the break. He's leading the charge. Uh, he's doing it because of his own defensive instincts. He's doing it because he's just hyper quick and gets out there as soon as Gonzaga gets a long rebound or gets a steal. And he is throwing down monster dunks in transition. Beyond that, he is an elite scorer around the rim. He can finish with both hands. He can finish above the rim with some thunderous dunks on people. His floater game, which is considered to be really good already, is super strong right out of the gate. It took Jalen Suggs half a year 
to get that floater down. Imagine if Hunter Salas can not only finish above the rim on dudes, but he's already got a defined floater. Best case scenario, he's got all of that in his bag already. And as soon as he puts his head down and starts moving towards the basket, he is basically guaranteed to be a bucket or at the free throw line. Beyond that, he's elite at moving without the ball and slashing to the hoop. Gonzaga has two guys who I think are going to be really good at this in Hunter Salas and Rasir Bolton. Both these guys move well without the ball. They're straight line drivers to the basket when they have the ball in their hands. They're going to make opposing defenses really work because these defenses really just want to worry about Drew Timmy. They really just want to worry about Chet Holmgren when he's on the floor, and they, they have to worry about Andrew Nembhard because of his playmaking ability. But if Bolton and, and excuse me Bolton and Salas are out there constantly backdoor cutting, moving towards the basket, moving without the ball, it's going to create so many problems for opposing defenses. And in the best-case scenario, Hunter Salas is constantly moving without the ball. He's scoring. He's finishing well around the rim when he does have the ball in his hands. And beyond that, we see a little bit of a shot. This is something, this is probably the most undefined part of Hunter's game at this point is what that shot looks like. He has a good mid-range, and I think he'll be capable of, of pulling up from 15 feet out and hitting jump shots in that regard. But the curious thing is whether that three-point shot shows up. In a best-case scenario, he's at least average as a three-point shooter or even above average. Best-case scenario is he's above average as a three-point shooter, which makes him virtually impossible to defend. He's too athletic to get up in his face because he's going to go around you. If you sag off him, he knocks down a three-point shot. That may, If he can score at all three levels, if he can score around the rim, score in the mid-range, score from three, he's virtually impossible. He's going to be one of the best scorers in school history, quite frankly, if he can do all of that stuff in year one. Beyond that, Best case scenario, he can play some point guard. You know, in, in high school, his athleticism got him very, very far, but he showed the ability to play point guard, to be a facilitator, to make the right pass. He's got a very high basketball IQ. This is something that everybody who has scouted him and watched a video of him has said. So in a best case scenario, if Gonzaga needs him to play point guard, for whatever reason, if Nemhard's out, if they just want to change things up a little bit, have Nemhard play off the ball, have the other guards play off the ball, they can let Salas bring the ball up the court, be the de facto point guard, and they don't lose anything with that because he has the skill set to do it. Continuing on the best case scenario, there's a lot of them. He's Gonzaga's top perimeter on-ball defender. Right now, that is a role that is undefined on Gonzaga's roster. I have said on the record that I believe it will probably be Andrew Nempard. He's a veteran guy. He's a solid defensive player. He's physical for his size. I think he's capable of doing it. But Salas has a ton of length and that aforementioned athleticism. If he is tenacious and hard-nosed and has good instincts on defense, he could immediately become Gonzaga's best on-ball defensive player. And again, this could help him get out in transition because he's got quick hands, can poke the ball away at the top of the key. If he pokes the ball away and gets and picks up the loose ball, he's gone. Like, get your cameras out immediately because he's going to throw down something ferocious as soon as that happens. So in a best-case scenario, he's your best on-ball defender. He's an above-average three-point shooter. He can score at all three levels. That's how you get the player who's contending for Jerry West Award by the end of the year. That's how you get a guy who's all you know, academic, or excuse me, an All-American, honorable mention, second team, maybe even first team. He's all WCC. That's a guy who scouts are like, yeah, you know, we're, 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 no, we're no longer going to scout him because we don't pick till 15 and he's going to be gone by then. All right, what's the worst case scenario for Hunter Salas? Well, like I said, the best and worst case scenarios for Salas are pretty, it's a pretty widespread. The worst case scenario for Hunter Salas is that his athleticism doesn't make up for rawness in his skills. 
that he does he makes a lot of mistakes as a passer. He doesn't show that ability to be a true point guard, which limits him to playing just off the wing, the two or the three. I don't think that's necessarily that bad. I think Gonzaga's going into the season with the plan for Andrew Nimhard, Nolan Hickman, and when he's healthy, Dominic Harris to be the primary ball handlers. So Salas not playing a lot of the one isn't necessarily a bad thing, but him being unable to do it is not only going to limit Gonzaga, it limits him his ability to be a one and done because teams are going to want to see his ability to play point guard and play that position at the next level. Worst case scenario for Hunter Salas is that three-point shot doesn't develop. He shoots under 30% or right around 30%. Defenders don't respect it. They know how athletic he is. They know what he can do if the defender plays too close to him. So they sag off. They force him to shoot. He either loses confidence in his shot or continues to shoot them and just does not make them at a high enough clip. Gonzaga doesn't have a lot of proven outside shooters on this team. I think I will probably say this every episode we're doing these player previews because it is an issue on this roster. And if Hunter Salas doesn't shoot above average from three, that is one less guy they can rely upon from beyond the arc. Beyond that worst case scenario, his hellacious style of getting to the rim results in a lot of offensive fouls. We've seen this before. This is not a new story for Gonzaga fans. Even if you've only been a Gonzaga fan for one year, you understand this reference because Jalen Suggs, for his tenacious style of play, part of it was that WCC refs just could not adapt to the fact to Suggs' athleticism. They couldn't accept that a player moving that fast was actually able to get around a guy and did not run into them, and they, they did not take a charge the way that it looked like they did. He just... The, the refs just couldn't quite adapt to him. Hunter Salas is the same kind of breed. He's the same dude, you know, in a lot of ways. He's not as refined as Jalen, but in terms of athleticism, he's similar, if not more athletic. And if the WCC refs are the same, which they probably are, we're going to see some of those offensive fouls. The worst case scenario is he continually takes himself out of games. He has to come out with eight minutes to go in the first half because he already has three fouls and two of them were offensive because he was going down on a fast break and got, got a bad call on him. Uh, worst case scenario, over-aggressiveness on defense uh, allows some of those savvy guards to beat him up. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, the Alex Barcelos of the world, the Johnny Juzangs of the world, these veteran savvy guards who, if he's the, if he's tasked with being the guy who guards them, those guys could pick him apart a little bit just because he's hyper-aggressive, because he's a freshman, because he's still adjusting to the college game. A worst case scenario is he gets beat up by those guys a little bit and proves that maybe we do need Andrew to be the guy who guards those guys. You know, maybe maybe Hunter isn't quite ready to be the top-tier on-ball defensive player. Maybe we have to push him onto some of the not-as-good players to guard them. And then, obviously, the worst case scenario here is that Gonzaga's just so loaded in the backcourt. Nobody's guaranteed minutes. Nobody. Andrew Nembhardt is the closest guard to having guaranteed minutes. And if he struggles, he could lose those minutes. There is nothing that is guaranteed on this roster. Hunter Salas is going to get a lot of playing time out of the shoot. He's really good. He's a high-level recruit. He's got insane athleticism. There is no reason to not let him play a lot. But there's also no reason to keep playing him if he doesn't straight up earn it. I think that he will, but in a worst-case scenario, he gets passed up by Rasir Bolton. He gets passed up by Nolan Hickman. He's the fourth guard on a, in a four-guard rotation. Again, I think Gonzaga is going to run a lot of three-guard lineups, so I think even being the fourth guard still earns you a fair amount of playing time. But instead of talking about, hey, that guy's a top 10 pick in the draft, he's playing 30 minutes per night, he's third on the team in scoring, we're talking about a dude who's playing you know, the same amount of minutes as Aaron Cook last year. You know, He's playing 15 minutes per night, he's doing some really fun stuff, but there's no debate that he's coming back next year. At the end of the year, our conversations are not, wow, that was such a fun year from Hunter Salas, I can't wait to see where he goes next year, to... I can't wait to see what Hunter Salas does next year when he has a bigger role. And that's not that bad of a worst-case scenario. That's not that bad of a worst-case scenario to be excited about him going into his sophomore year. But 
the best case scenario, or at least a more likely outcome is that we're talking about, is this guy even going to come back this year? So a worst case scenario would be that that door is shut and that we know he's coming back. We know he's got another year to try to prove what he's capable of doing and maybe go to the NBA after that. All right. Best and worst case scenarios for Salas have been discussed. We're going to come back in the third segment, talk about some more realistic scenarios for the budding star ahead of the 2021-2022 campaign. Before we get there, though, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, plain and simple. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, including some all-time favorites like raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, coconut, and my personal favorite, salted caramel. Of course, Built Bar is not only great tasting, they are healthy too. Most Built Bar flavors have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Go to BuiltBar.com now and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15, for 15% off. BetOnline is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With the newly updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts, and it is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. All right. In the first segment, we talked Hunter Salas' history, how he ended up in a Gonzaga uniform ahead of his freshman season. In the second segment, we talked best case and worst case scenario, and it was a widespread widespread we talked about best case as if he's going to win the jerry west award best shooting guard in the country worst case scenarios is he's out of the rotation or not quite out of the rotation but he's the fourth guard that's how wide the spread is for hunter salas so now in the third segment instead of just giving you the absolute best and worst case knowing that he's probably going to land somewhere in the middle i'm going to give you my more nuanced take on what i think is going to be his his role his expected production in his first season i've said this already on the episode i'm going to say it again I think he's going to be the starting shooting guard. I don't think that the folks at Hoop Hall who made the top 20 shooting guards list knew that. I don't think that they had any extra information from Mark Few, but I do think they are correct that Hunter Salas, the th- second highest rated recruit in school history behind Chet Holmgren, is going to start at shooting guard. He's a tailor-made shooting guard. He, I think he's going to I think he's going to develop into a point guard in time, but he, right now his skill set fits the two role really well. And alongside Andrew Nembhard, who is a facilitator, a playmaker, not an elite, not a big scorer, I think the Salas and Nembhard pairing is the best group of guards that Gonzaga has. And this is no disrespect to Rasir Bolton or Nolan Hickman or Dominic Harris or Julian Strother, depending on what position you consider him. I just think that we're going to see a lot of Nembhard and Salas play together. I also think that Salas could play some three. And I say that in quotation marks because Gonzaga is going to play a lot of these three guard lineups. I think a lineup we'll see a lot of is Nembhard, Salas, and Rasir Bolton all on the floor at the same time. The difference between whether you consider Salas the two 
or and Bolton the three or vice versa is minimal. It doesn't really matter. Obviously, whichever one of them is guarding a bigger player, I guess, could be the guy considered playing the three. Basketball is basically positionless at this point. Anyway, Mark Few and his staff have started to really embrace that. So I don't think it's going to matter all that much. I expect Salas to play 27 to 29 minutes per game. I think obviously Dominic Harris being out helps in that regard. It's not a good thing in general for Gonzaga's depth. Good players being hurt is always bad news, but it does clear up playing time right now. We know that the four guards who are going to play most of the minutes are Andrew Nemhard, Rasir Bolton, Nolan Hickman, and of course, Hunter Salas. And I think Salas is going to suck up a big chunk of those minutes. As much as we talk about all the different options this team has and how they could play a bunch of, you know, play nine deep or whatever, Murphy doesn't really like to do that. If he has five starters, those five starters tend to play a lot of minutes. Sometimes there's one starter who doesn't play as many minutes. It's been Anton Watson in the past. There have been other guys who've kind of filled that role going back to like Mike Hart or whatever. But I don't think that's going to be the case on this team. I think they got five dudes. I think those five dudes are going to play a lot. I think they got three other dudes who are going to play a lot. And I think that's going to be about it. And I think there are going to be some fans throughout the year who are like, what about so-and-so? What about Caden Perry? You know, And I just don't think that Mark Few is going to change that strategy, that aspect of the way that he coaches and the way that he manages games all that much. But I think Salas is going to be a part of it. I think he's going to be a starter. I think he's going to play just under 30-ish minutes per night. I don't think we're going to see him play a lot of the point. I, like I said, I think Andrew Nembhard is going to play a ton of minutes this year. I think Nolan Hickman's like more of a true one. And I think he's going to come in and kind of fill that role in the minutes that he's playing. I think Dominic Harris will get some run at the one when he is healthy. But that doesn't mean that Salas won't ever play it. There could be some super fun big lineups that Gonzaga runs where they have Salas, Bolton, Strother, Chet, and Drew, or something really big where you go Salas, Strother, Watson, Chet, and Drew. Like there are some weird lineups that Gonzaga can conceivably run out there. And if Salas is able to play the one, they'll do it. But I don't think we're going to see it a ton of it. I, I will say he's going to be a hellraiser in transition. I think that those stuff I talked about in the best case scenario of him being one of the best transition scorers this team has ever seen, I think those are going to come true. I think him being an elite finisher around the rim, especially for a freshman guard, is going to be true. Sugg shot like 50, I think he shot 60% on two-pointers. I think we're going to see Hunter Salas approach that number as well. He doesn't have as good of a mid-range as Jalen, but I think he's going to be a an elite finisher around the rim. I think he's going to get to the free throw line a lot. I also don't think his three-point shot's going to really show up. And that's and I would love to be wrong on this regard, but it's it's hard for freshmen who didn't shoot a lot of threes in high school to all of a sudden step into being really good three-point shooters in college. It's not impossible. It's not to say that it won't happen at some point. I don't think he's going to be atrocious. I don't think he's going to be Anton Watson where he shoots like 10% and just has to abandon it completely. But I wouldn't expect him to be over 33%. I think that's probably about the high end of what you're going to get. And that's okay. If he shoots 31, 32%, it's not great, but it's enough that defenders at least have to pay some attention to him, enough that they have to step out on him. He's more athletic than 98% of the dudes who are going to be lining up against him. So if he gets them out of position at all, he's gone. He's going straight to the basket. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. But I think people who are like, well, he's going to be one of our big three-point shooters, I wouldn't count on that. I also think he is going to take over as Gonzaga's primary on-ball defender. I think he, we're going to have some moments where he, some of those bigger, savvier, guard, savvier guards, like I mentioned in the worst case, are going to give him some some hell. They're going to just they're going to jab step him to death, or they're going to draw contact on him really well because of his aggressiveness. They're going to find ways to beat him. And again, struggling to guard Johnny Juzang isn't exactly the worst thing in the world. He's really good. Struggling to guard Alex Barcelo, not the worst thing in the world. He's also really, really good. So I think we're going to see him get exposed a little bit in those regards. There might be situations 
where they have to move Nembhard over to guard those guys just because he's a little bit more savvy, a little bit more veteran and kind of more familiar with the college game. But I think ultimately Salas's athleticism, his length, uh, his overall basketball instincts are going to allow him to be one of Gonzaga's best perimeter defensive players, at least in the guard, out of the guard rotation. Beyond that, I think we're talking about a guy who's going to put up, you know, 12-ish points per game. He's going to shoot over 50%. He's not going to quite reach Jalen's level of, you know, 15 points, four and a half assists. I don't think we're going to see that. I don't think he's going to be that much of a passer. I don't think he's going to be quite as, just just not quite good as, as good as him. And again, that's not really an insult either. Jalen Suggs, really, really good. One of the best individual seasons in Gonzaga history. But I do think that Salas is going to do enough to put himself squarely in the conversation as a first-round pick in 2022. I know there are a lot of Gonzaga fans out there who are not expecting him to be a one-and-done necessarily. And again, when you talk about what I said in the worst-case scenario, like if even if it doesn't get all the way that bad, even if it's just kind of like that, he's probably not a one-and-done. There are a lot of avenues where this is not the situation that Hunter Salas finds himself in. But for my money, for my expectations for him, for what I've seen from him out of high school tape and craziness and just everything I've read about him, I think he's going to go out and do enough to be a first-round pick. Uh, Is he going to be the fifth overall pick in the draft like Jalen? Probably not. Is he going to be a late first kind of maybe sneak into the lottery type guy? Yeah, that would be my guess. And we're talking about a six-foot-four guy with long arms, uh, with great basketball instincts, and who can jump out of a freaking gym. Like the stuff that he needs to work on, the outside shooting, a little bit of the playmaking, facilitating stuff. This this is my assumptions on what he'll need to work on. Obviously, I don't know for sure. But if that's what NBA scouts are seeing, you can fix that stuff. Give me the 19-year-old kid who can jump out of a gym and already has like pretty good basketball instincts and tell me all I need to do is get his handle a little bit tighter and his outside shot better. Hell yeah. I'm going to take that guy's 16th overall and be super happy in four years. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I think we're going to see out of Hunter Salas. Very good freshman year. He's going to be one of the one of the bright stars on the team. He's going to be on ESPN's top 10 a lot. And then he's going to go to the NBA. And that's okay because Gonzaga will have, I think, Nolan Hickman coming back. We'll talk about him at a later time. They're going to get some really good guards in this upcoming class out of 2022. And, of course, they'll have Julian Strother and Dominic Harris most likely coming back as well. So they're going to be just fine going forward, even if Salas ends up being a one-and-done. But I think it's going to be a hell of a year from Hunter. All right, that wraps up our eighth player preview series. Out of this series, excuse me, next up, tomorrow's episode, We're depending on when you're listening to this, you're going to hear about graduate transfer Rasir Bolton. I'm super excited to talk about Bolton, a guy that we have a ton of tape on, seen a lot of. I think he's going to be a great fit for this program, a program that has already recruited graduate transfers so, so well. Super excited about it. You can find it right here on the Locked On Zags podcast, which again is available wherever you already get your podcasts and soon to be available on YouTube. Also, a reminder, podcast links will be available on Twitter at Locked On Zags and on my own Twitter account, which if you're not following, you can find it at ScoreZagsScore. Finally, now is a great time to make your next listen, the Locked On NBA podcast. You can get all your daily NBA updates from a variety of league experts while checking in on your favorite Zags playing at the next level. Thank you all for listening, and go Zags!